Luke 14, starting at verse 15. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the man who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought a yoke of five oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I must go. I just got married. I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant. Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told the servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those men who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Let's come before the Lord in prayer. Let's pray. Father God, as we come before you this morning to hear from you, we pray that you would uh, help us to sit in your presence this morning, to reflect on the mercy that you have shown us through Christ, that we might hear your Holy Spirit speaking into specific areas of our lives this morning, that we might hear your word and that we might be changed by it. And Lord, we pray this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. I came across a meme or a, a type of cartoon this week that said, in 2019, I thought that if I only had one weekend to myself, I could get all of my house under control and clean and looking neat and tidy. But in 2021, I realised that having more time at home wasn't the answer. Getting our houses in order isn't so much about the amount of time we have around the house, is it? I imagine there are lots of people in the rest of our state in lockdown feeling that this morning. Getting our houses in order is, is more about the priorities that we place on having a really clean and tidy house, which means that if organising our house isn't our priority, it won't matter how much time we have at home. Nothing's going to change unless our priorities change because there'll always be something around us that will distract us. Over the last little while, I've been getting into back into fixing an old car that I'm doing up for my older brother. And at the moment, this car is very, very pulled apart and there are pieces of it all through my shed. And every time I get a little bit of time to go and work on this old car, my priority is getting the next job done, not cleaning up. And so my shed's been getting progressively messier and messier and messier. Not because I haven't had time, just because cleaning up hasn't been the priority. It's very easy to put 
other things aside when we get caught up in what we are doing in a, a project or our work or something that we feel needs to be done. That's why I've heard wives in our congregation joke about being harvest widows around harvest time. Because at harvest time, well, the whole, whole of the farmer's attention is taken up by the job that is right in front of them. They put all of their time and energy into that particular thing. And as they put all of their energy into getting the priority job done, well, they inevitably put other things aside, those things that are less important at the time. Having more time and more money or less responsibilities won't change our priorities. Because if we had those things, well, we'd only invest more time, energy and money into whatever we think is our priority. Instead of all those things that we had the best intentions of doing, those good things, those worthwhile things that get pushed to the side as we focus on what is most important to us. What is it that is most important to us? When we're feeling busy or short on time or stressed about getting everything done, what is it that we drop everything else to make sure gets done? Because whatever that thing is, that is the thing that is our highest priority. In this morning's passage, Jesus is challenging his hosts and the other guests about their unwillingness to trust in him. Jesus was at a dinner party that was made up of mostly Pharisees and teachers in the law. These people were men who believed in the coming Messiah. They believed in the resurrection of the dead. But because their highest priorities were their traditions and the praise of men, they let their relationship with God slide. And at times, I'm sure they had good intentions of worshipping the Lord and honouring him. They knew the scriptures better than most of us. And they may have been convicted by them at times. They weren't against having a relationship with the Lord. In fact, I'm sure that they spoke well of those who were devout in their worship to the Lord. But because their priority was their traditions and gaining the praise of men, they let their relationship with the Lord slide in favour of other things. But in these verses, Jesus is warning them that no amount of good excuses or good intentions will enable anyone to enter the kingdom of God. As Jesus gives this morning, these warnings, he's still in the home of a prominent Pharisee on the Sabbath day, and he's sharing a meal with many of his guests. From the moment that Jesus had entered this house, Jesus had been challenging his host and the guests about, well, all that they believed. Jesus had already rebuked them for their lack of concern for the man suffering with dropsy. They'd been more upset with Jesus for healing this man on the Sabbath day than about caring for this man who was very, very ill. 
Then Jesus rebuked them from, for pushing past each other to get the best seat that they could, the seat of highest honour. As they looked for the praise of men more than God. And then Jesus gave the most startling rebuke of all as he turned to his host. And as he rebuked his host for seeking personal gain rather than serving the Lord. You see, his host had invited only those people that he thought would benefit him somehow, people that could repay him back for his generosity. This man wanted to look generous and kind in front of others but was really serving himself rather than God. And so we get to the verses that we're looking at this morning. Jesus had just finished giving these three rebukes. And there was no doubt a very uncomfortable and uneasy silence in the air. I reckon for a few minutes, it's likely that no one would have known what to say after Jesus had just said those startling words to his host. But just as the silence was becoming almost unbearable, one of the guests spoke up, had to say anything just to break the silence. And so he spoke up and said, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Now, with these words, this man, well, he wasn't agreeing with Jesus. And basically what he was doing was trying to deflect everything that Jesus had been saying. He was saying, oh, yes, yes, Jesus, yes, yes. But blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. You see, the assumption is that the Pharisees and these teachers of the law were amongst those who would eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. That all of those sitting in that room were in. Sure, maybe they hadn't shown enough concern for the sick man, Maybe they'd push past each other to get the best seat. Maybe their host had invited people that he thought could benefit him. But surely they were amongst those who would eat at the kingdom, at the great feast in the kingdom of heaven. And so Jesus told them another parable. Now, by this stage, you'd imagine the Pharisees probably cringe every time Jesus starts a parable because they know that this parable is about them. In this parable, Jesus uh, tells about a man who's preparing a great banquet. His, he, his guests uh, were not just being invited to an ordinary kind of meal, like a Sabbath day lunch, you know, the equivalent of our Sunday lunch. This was an incredibly important meal, a particularly special occasion to be invited to such an important feast was a great honour, just to be invited. And so this man, well, he sent out his servants to invite people to the meal. In those days, it was customary to send your servants out to give them the day and the time when the meal would take place. But on the day of the meal, once all of the preparations were made, he would then send out his servants and summon the guests to the banquet. They, they've been given a huge honour of being invited to this lavish banquet. And so the servants went out 
But sadly, the people began to give excuses. It simply wasn't their priority. They were distracted by other things. Now, we'll notice in these verses, there are only three different excuses. And we're told that this is a great banquet. Later on, the servants are told to go out into the streets and the roads, the lanes and the valleys, to try and bring as many people as they can in. So we know that there were more than three people. We're just given three examples of the type of excuses they were giving. Now, the first of these excuses was, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. When we read those words, the first thing that comes to mind is, why on earth would this man have bought this field in the first place without going and inspecting it? Of course, the answer is he wouldn't have. Which one of you farmers would have gone out and bought another farm without going and inspecting it? Of course you wouldn't. Surely this person would have inspected this field before laying down his hard-earned cash. Notice there's nothing urgent in this either. The field wasn't going anywhere. It would be there the next day or the day after. Could have just as easily done it a few days later. But because this great banquet was not his priority, he dismissed the honour of having been invited to this banquet with trivial excuses. Now, the second excuse we read about is, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Again, the question comes to mind, why would this man have not already gone and checked out these oxen? Five yoke of oxen, that's 10 ox. This was a powerful group of oxen. What farmer in their right mind would go to the local tractor dealer, whether they prefer red or green tractors, and go and buy a tractor without first making sure that it had enough power to do every job they intended it to do? Well, the answer is they wouldn't. They simply wouldn't lay down that amount of money without first checking. And these oxen, likewise, were no small purchase for this man. Again, there's no urgency in this man's excuse. This man could have just as easily done this another day. But because this great banquet was not his priority, he dismissed the honour of having been invited to this banquet with trivial excuses. Now, these first two excuses were, well, trivial, but they were polite. But by the time we get to the third excuse, well, Pleasantries are put aside and the person gets straight to the point. I've just got married, so I can't come. Now, out of all three of these excuses, this one seems the most plausible. Some commentators joke that this man's married and so he's not allowed to come now. But uh, this, this man seems to be saying that spending time with his new wife is all that matters to him. It is his highest priority. And as far as he's concerned, this banquet is not important to him at all. This man could have easily solved this by just taking his wife to the banquet. But because this banquet was not his priority, he dismissed the honour of having been invited to this banquet with trivial excuses. 
when the servant went back to his master, the one who was preparing this great banquet, and told him about the responses he'd received, his master became angry and gave his orders. Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. So the servant went away and did everything that the master had told him to do. He went away and invited them all to join the great banquet. But even after inviting all of those people, there was still more room at the banquet. So the master told this servant, go to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house might be full. Now notice the first group, the group that were honoured by the initial invitation to this banquet, this great banquet. They refused to come because their priorities, well, their earthly priorities were more important to them. But the host tells his servant to go and compel these people in the roads and the lanes to come in. The host hadn't tried to compel this first group because he knew that being a part of this great banquet wasn't their priority. But he tells the servant to go and compel those on the roads and the country lanes to come in, not because it wasn't their priority, but because they didn't feel worthy. They didn't feel worthy to be allowed to come and join in this great feast. These people on the roads and the lanes knew that they had no way to be able to repay their host. They knew they didn't have the means to be able to reciprocate their host's generosity. And so the servant had to compel them to come in. He had to convince them that this invitation, the invitation to the great banquet is free. There were no strings attached to this invitation. They simply... <clears throat> They'd simply been invited because of the host's generosity. Then Jesus, once he'd finished this parable, he says these words. I tell you, not one of those who are invited will get a taste of my banquet. I imagine when he said these words, there was probably another silence that fell over that room. So don't know, notice the way Jesus had turned to the word you because he's directing that at everybody in the room around him. With these words, Jesus suddenly moves from talking about this parable to talking about the people in the room. And he says that not one of those guests sitting in front of him will be amongst those who eat at the great feast in the kingdom of God, at least at that time. Notice how Jesus refers to it as my banquet, as he shows everyone at the meal that he is the generous host who has sent out this invitation. But they have turned it down because of their trivial excuses. Because the great banquet is not, was not their priority. He is the one who sent out the invitations through his servants to the feast in the kingdom of God. But even though the invitation has been sent out to so many, only those who receive this lavish invitation with joy, knowing that they have no way to repay their host, will have the privilege 
of eating at the feast in the kingdom of God. As Jesus gave this warning, he was speaking to the most influential leaders among the Jewish people in that day. But sadly, their priority was their traditions and the praise of men. And because of that, they had let their relationship with God slide. They had chosen the trivial over the eternal. The great banquet was not their priority. And so they dismissed the honour of having been invited to the eternal banquet with trivial excuses. This morning's passage is warning us to take the invitation of salvation through Jesus, the invitation to the great feast in the kingdom of God, very, very seriously. How often it is that we make other things our priority instead of the things of God. How often it is that we let our to-do lists or want-to-do lists or other things take our attention away from serving and worshipping the Lord. How often it is that we put prayer time and spending time in God's word in the category of something that's worth doing. We find it getting shuffled further and further back as other things take our priority. You see, having more time or more money or less responsibilities won't change our priorities. Because if we only had those things, well, we'd simply find ourselves investing more and more time and energy into the things that are distracting us from the eternal rather than the, yeah, and investing in the trivial. Whatever these things that have been distracting us from accepting or trusting in God's invitation, well, those things will seem incredibly trivial on the day that Christ returns. Blessed are those who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. They are blessed, but not because of anything they have done or who they are, but because they have been invited to the feast and they accepted. They invested in the eternal rather than the trivial. Not because they were able to repay the host in any way, but because it was the master's will to compel them by his love. The preparations for this great feast in the kingdom of God were incredibly costly. Jesus, God's incarnate, laid down his life to make this feast possible. So it's not something that we can afford to dismiss with trivial excuses or to allow the things of this life to distract us from. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law believed that they were right with God on the basis of their heritage, the basis of their traditions, and on the basis of what other people said about them. But they had let their relationship with the Lord slide. They looked incredibly good, incredibly godly to those around them. But their priority wasn't loving God, but instead their traditions and seeking other approval of others. 
There are lots of things in our lives that are constantly competing for our attention. And even for those of us who are retired, we all know there are more things to do than you'll ever get around to. So this morning, we are being challenged to think about what it is that we are making our highest priority so that we don't make the devastating mistake of investing in the trivial instead of the eternal. So this morning, as we have heard God's word, may we make our relationship with the Lord the priority of our lives. May we rejoice in the salvation that was achieved through the life, death and resurrection of Christ. And may we rejoice in the good news that we who cannot repay our hosts have received this incredibly lavish invitation to the great feast in the kingdom of God. Let's come before him in prayer and give him thanks. Father God, as we come before you this morning, we give you thanks for your incredible generosity. That even though we have no way of repaying your generosity, your forgiveness and love that you have shown us through Jesus, you have still lavished it upon us. Lord, we, we confess that we have often allowed the busyness and the worries of this life to distract us from the eternal that that is a constant problem for all of us. And Lord, we pray that by your Holy Spirit, you might help us throughout this coming week to prioritise spending time with you, reflecting on who you are. And Lord, that we might, through the power of your Holy Spirit, be your salt and light to those who don't know you. That we might be your servants, Lord that go out to the roads and the lanes and to those places where no one else will go, that people might hear of this wonderful invitation. And Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.